0: Hey guys, uh, it's just Chad here from the podcast. I just wanted to mention that this week the sound quality isn't going to be great because I was recording in my car, so it sounds a bit tinny. It sounds a bit all over the place. And also for Simone's film, uh, it was a bit of a nightmare to get the sound bites. Uh, So it's recorded from my phone and then onto my laptop. So I do apologize. Uh, The episode's still great. We had a lot of fun recording this one for you guys, and I'm pretty sure you're going to love it. It's such a fun episode, so yeah. Thank you, guys, and it's just a pre-warning. And we love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Have a good one. Bye. Robots Radio presents
1: Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. <laughs> you, it's the Jimmy oh,
0: They're making a run for the border. Your father and I were lovers. What are your superpowers again? I'm rich. Hey, mommy! Twice. I'm a I made them by (laughs) hand. Let the party begin! Hello, and welcome to Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. The rainbow on your... Shit! I was so close!
1: (laughs) I think that's it. I think we're done. We're in.
0: Yes, we're there. That's it. (laughs) I mean, it fully reflects our podcast, just winging it. (laughs) fucking it up and then
1: (laughs) just making it up this week go along
0: let's try that one again hello and welcome to fresh tomatoes the movie podcast your rainbow on a rainy day
1: Ooh.
0: that's Simone LaRue
1: that's Chad Echowitz with this fun intro
0: I know short sweet just like yours I'm I'm emulating your podcast ability thank you
1: you know me as an extra
0: (laughs) you're always extra and I love I love how extra you are that's why you're my best friend I'm like the
1: least extra person you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're like reserved extra you're you're high functioning extra that's Thank you.
1: <laughs> That's such a compliment, <laughs> actually. I really appreciate that. I know.
0: <laughs> For those of you who have never listened to this podcast before, what we do is we take two beautiful, terrible films and we discuss why they aren't actually that bad. And then we'll tell you whether you should watch them or just let hmm. them fall into the deep abyss of the yeah. Titanic ocean that, that took our dear friend Jack From Rose in a romantic fashion.
1: That's actually a great segue, because speaking of
0: romance,
1: (laughs) we are doing rom-coms.
0: Ah, I queued it up. I I swing them, you knock them out of the park. (laughs) That's how we do it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and honestly I thought I'd have a lot more fun with this week than I did. I think we fucked up the movie choices. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, first of all, before we reveal what movies we're doing, can we just speak about how difficult it was to find your movie?
1: Yeah, it was really hard. Turns out no one thinks it's worth preserving. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Netflix didn't have it. Amazon didn't have it. We had to go to like the backdoor black internet of streaming to try and find Simone's film. We
1: might have broken a couple laws.
0: (laughs) But we do it for you, for the podcast listeners. That's what we do it for. And Simone, tell us, what is that film?
1: I'm doing the 2001 classic, Head Over Heels.
0: Oh, and what a classic it is. What is its uh, Rotten Tomatoes score?
1: Oh, yes. Okay. Let me tell you. It got a whopping (laughs) 10% on the Tomatometer, and surprisingly, a 56%
0: audience score. That is a very big disparity.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? I think it's a lot of nostalgia. Like... In the early 2000s, we all had a higher tolerance for, like, really shit movies, and (laughs) so there are probably a lot of really shitty movies from the early 2000s that I still really like and would rate highly out of pure nostalgia, but if I were to watch them again, I'd be like, oh, no.
0: (laughs) That is true, and we'll probably go on a nostalgia tour at some point and just be really sad that most of the things that we used to watch are actually incredibly racist and sexist.
1: Don't meet your heroes, guys.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so true, so true.
1: (laughs) And what movie are you doing, Chad?
0: Speaking of heroes that we should never meet, I am doing the enigmatic 2005 film Rumour Has It, which got a... Rotten Tomatoes score of 20% and a audience score of 41%. So, okay. yeah.
1: Smaller disparity. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I mean, we'll talk about why there was a disparity. I mean, the biggest disparity for me, before we even get into it, is thinking that Kurt, not Kurt Russell, what's his name? Kevin Costner. Is thinking that Kevin Costner is more attractive than Mark Ruffalo.
1: I, look, we'll get
0: into it. We'll, we'll get into it. And to decide how we're going to get into it, let's uh, find out who gets to go first with our most yes. famous and prized segment, What Are You Drinking?
1: What am I drinking, Chad? What aren't I? No. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm fine. Everybody,
0: I'm okay. is everything okay? No, I'm actually fine. are a high-functioning extra. I'm
1: in a really good place. But I'm drinking a Stonedale Shannon Blanc. Shannon Blanc. Oh, lovely. Those who are South African will recognize Stonedale as a sort of Second from the bottom shelf wine that is, Ooh. you know, not the priciest wine, but also not the worst wine.
0: So you're going up in the world. We're moving on up. <laughs> up
1: from the bottom shelf. It only <laughs> took 25 years, hey, Chad.
0: To be fair, working on your favor, you've only been drinking legally for seven of those. Note how I didn't say just drinking. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like uh, laws are arbitrary. High school is time for experimentation.
0: You're so right, Simone. You're so so very right. And I mean you know, seven years isn't a long mm, time to progress. True. Progression is progression, and you know, My budget
1: has not always risen so, to match yeah. my
0: tastes. That's true. That is very true. I mean, you are a fancy bitch
1: <laughs> in my heart, but in my wallet, not so much.
0: <laughs> name of your name of your autobiography, that one. <laughs>
1: fancy bitch by heart, in my heart, not my wallet.
0: <laughs> my wallet, yeah. <laughs> what are you drinking? I am drinking a Colesberg. It's not my usual choice of beer, oh, okay. but I'm drinking it because tonight we're making beer chicken, and the recipe Yum. calls for obviously a can of beer uh, shoved up the the cavity of the chicken and you have to drink half of it so I thought instead of just opening a fresh beer I'll just drink the half that we're not using for the chicken right. so yeah and it comes in at like a cool 4.3% oh
1: okay sorry so mine came in at um, I forgot to say
0: 12% 12% which means we get to do head over heels first how That's... exciting oh,
1: boy you guys <laughs> if you haven't heard the plot before you are in for a ride <laughs>
0: Oh, yes. It is, it is a ride. Don't know what kind of ride. I
1: wrote up a quick plot synopsis. I tried not to take too long because, let's be honest, neither did the writers.
0: Ooh, burn.
1: <laughs> Ooh, shit. <laughs> 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 I'm coming in hard.
0: It's the, It's not even like... Ten minutes into the podcast and you're already throwing major punches.
1: Yeah, I've got a lot of sass in me today.
0: Yeah, I like it. Thank you.
1: I'm like the sassy best friend in a rom com.
0: Oh. <laughs> or four <laughs> sassy best friends, I guess. Or three or and four a four sassy best friends. I would say three and a really, really troubled Australian.
1: Oh my god, she needs therapy so much. So
0: badly i mean we'll devote we'll we'll devote a good 10 minutes to her in a second but let's let's talk about this plot
1: okay amanda played by monica potter is an unlucky in love country girl living in the big city (laughs) she's passionate about her job as a restoration artist at the met but is still on the lookout for a nice guy after her last boyfriend cheats on her with a lingerie model she has to find a new apartment enter her new roommates Holly, played by Tamiko Frazier, who's, like, smart and turned down a full scholarship to Stanford so that she could model. Mm -hmm. Jade, played by Shalom Harlow, who likes to be in front of the camera as much as she likes to be behind it. Xana, played by Ivana
0: Milichevic. Milichevic? Yep, something like that. She's Russian.
1: That's her personality. (laughs) And Candy, a troubled Australian, played by Sarah (laughs) Murdoch. The four of them are models renting out a spare room for some extra cash. Amanda is immediately immersed in their glamorous lives where men line up to take them out and they never pay for anything. The models are actually really nice, though, and, like, help her get... Uh, dressed up yeah. and hit on the guy who Amanda meets, played by Freddie Prince Jr. He's a handsome, charming guy in the fashion industry. I said makeup industry in my synopsis for some reason. <laughs> some did great. He's in the fashion industry and he has a giant great Dane named Hamlet, which is funny.
0: Which is really funny.
1: <laughs> they hit it off right away and after some help with the models, like I said before, Jim asks Amanda on a date. There's just one problem. One night, Amanda witnesses Jim murder a woman in his apartment because the models have a perfect view of Jim's apartment from their apartment window. However, as there's no evidence and no body, the police don't believe Amanda, but she knows what she saw. She and her new model friends try to investigate Jim, and she tries to keep him at arm's length but she still falls hopelessly in love with him. Eventually, they find out that Jim is, in fact, an undercover agent named Bob Smoot who is trying to uncover a money-laundering plot in the fashion industry. The supposed murder that Amanda witnessed was a setup intended to keep his cover a secret. With the model's help and some shenanigans, he figures out the bad guy's scheme, and they all save the day. The movie ends with Amanda starting her relationship anew with Bob. That's it. That's the movie.
0: (laughs) Good on you for discerning the plot.
1: I tried. Look, I also cut a lot out because I was like, "This actually doesn't matter."
0: Yeah, a lot of it doesn't matter. I mean, let's before we get into the the super the super interesting bits because there are a lot of mm-hmm. nice staky chunky bits for mm-hmm. this. But uh, yeah, so what is your cliffhanger? So it's got to be this one. But
1: she didn't anyway. Sorry, I can't go out with you for coffee. I I, I didn't mean go out with you. Just go out with you for coffee. Now I need to this one, which I can't. I, I got the runs. I, I, I mean, I, I got to run. Okay, gotta go. And <laughs> <I'm> basically... <laughs> God, this is just a small sample of the painful, painful dialogue <laughs> that was in this movie. Yes.
0: I mean, look, when you when you meet someone that you, that you like and that you're incredibly attracted to, you do get a bit tongue-tied just because, you know, your brain decides to switch off. Yeah. But upon saying that, it is not that detailed or... You know, like, I don't think... Have you ever gone weak at the knees for someone?
1: Only if I've been drunk and it's had very little to do with the person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like, we're both in very happy relationships and and we both really care about the people we're with. But I've never gone weak at the knees.
1: Not to the point where I'm literally falling over.
0: No, no. I'm I'm completely enamored. Don't get me wrong. Or as our dear friend Jake Gyllenhaal says in uh, Velvet Buzzsaw, I'm completely ensorcelled.
1: I love that movie's... Parodiness, but yeah i know
0: it's perfect but yeah it's just an unrealistic portrayal really
1: it's that whole thing like trope then remember this was the early 2000s so this was still like fresh Mm -hmm. but like it was the whole trope where like oh she's clumsy and she doesn't always know what to say and that's endearing Mm. whereas like
0: genuinely you are concerned about her yeah it's it's not healthy. It's not it's not good. <laughs> There's
1: that scene where she sees him and literally falls backwards down a flight of stairs.
0: That's not healthy. <laughs>
1: and I'm like I'm worried about her. She might be having a stroke. And he's just like, oh, she's adorable. And he, she's like, oh, I hope he didn't see. It's like,
0: oh no, sweetie. Oh, sweetie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bitch, he definitely saw you fall down the
0: stairs. <laughs> Can we also say that this movie full on fails the Bechdel test?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, what? Even for a maybe... movie that stars like five women main characters six if yeah. you count her bestie from work
0: yeah like it's it's pretty impressive how I, I would say it's probably one of the worst failing films of the bechdel test ever there's, there's very little conversation that isn't surrounded by men or about men
1: which is common <laughs> for rom-coms you know fair yeah. enough <laughs> And also that fun thing where they try to paint her lesbian friend as like a predatory lesbian and that's why she's like, oh, I need to move out straight away, which, you know, isn't offensive or upsetting at all. No,
0: no. Well, I mean, that's the only time you could have a lesbian is if she's really aggressive about it.
1: Yeah, aggressively in love with you, yes. Yeah, because that's how everyone else.
0: That's how men could only sort of grab the concept of yeah. lesbianism is it's like it's like if men but were in a woman's body that's how lesbianism works yeah
1: yep 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 yeah The script was clearly written by men all no of them. question
0: no question about it there was not a single woman on that writer's panel at all no also can, i know i know the science stuff really irritates you but the restorative painting uh, stuff drove me fucking mental this time around <laughs> yeah but... oh I oh, I had feelings about them handling the paintings like that. They didn't wear gloves. Yeah. Like Mm-mm. that's not how restorative painting works, is you don't just draw over Mm-mm. it. That's fucking mental.
1: <laughs> if you don't they like and also these days they have like basically cameras with different filters and stuff. So you can see like remnants mm. from where the paint was, and then you try and go with that. You don't make up a new face, usually.
0: Yeah. Especially Freddie Prince Jr. Nothing against the guy, but <laughs>
1: And she's like, oh, he has a very Renaissance structure face. It's like, bitch, no. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah, it, he's got the most early two thousands face you've exactly. ever seen in your life. Exactly.
0: Oh man. Uh, so let's let's talk about the Australian quickly. Let's get her out of the way and the troubling things. Oh let's, boy. Let's yeah. pepper this next conversation with bits so that she says, just at random bits throughout, we'll just pepper in the horrible, awful things. Good lord. Like it's not funny. <laughs>
1: I don't understand what was happening in the early 2000s that, like, everybody was, like, really cool with, like, random jokes about being molested as a child. Yeah.
0: So, you yeah, what am I? Why do you say that? That look on your face. I used to see it all the time when I catch my Uncle Pete looking at me. <laughs>
1: And also, she clearly has very deep self-esteem issues from all of it, because she keeps getting plastic surgery, and it's just never addressed. Everybody's just like, please stop talking about your childhood trauma, okay? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it feels like like she's just, tr- even, her, she's, she's like playing it off as a joke herself, and it's just really not, like, clearly your, co- like, that's your coping mechanism, but you shouldn't have to be, like, doing a coping mechanism. Like, you were abused by your uncle, stop it. Like, Mm -hmm. we are, we are, like, if they were truly good friends to her, they would be like, listen, do you want to go speak to someone? Because this is, this is really intense and really, like, your uncle's a bad dude and clearly he did touch you and so he should be arrested. Mm -hmm. And then one of them's just like, okay,
1: Candy, no more stories from the dark farm. Pretty please?
0: It's like, no, we should definitely talk about that.
1: Yeah, let's all just have a quick (laughs) powwow.
0: But no, no, let's focus on our new friend and her maybe boyfriend.
1: Oh my god. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this movie, everybody's so like, but you really love him, you should give him a chance. And it's like, but he's potentially a murderer, yeah. and everybody a little glosses over it. They're like, like it's kind of more of an inconvenience, like, oh, they'd be so great together, except he's a murderer. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> It's not a minor thing. <laughs> it's
1: really not taken very seriously yeah. at all.
0: I think, I think in this universe, the universe that this movie was created, crimes aren't actually a big deal, because apparently... Mm-mm.
1: Except, money, except laundering. money laundering.
0: That's the only crime. Ever. Like, essentially, the first time, it's a minor crime because, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. is attractive, so it's only a minor crime. But he he assaults yeah. her, essentially, because he, the dog is... He owns the dog, and the dog attacks her. He needs
1: to keep that dog on yes, a leash. exactly.
0: So he, that's assault, and then he might be a murderer. Yeah. The Australian's been attacked and, like, child molested. These are all pretty serious things, and no one's like... Everyone's just like, ah, he's cute, yeah. she's cute, you know?
1: I will say, like, I... I you know I feel like when I see Freddy Prince Jr in pictures I don't really get it <laughs> but like on film he is very charming yeah.
0: in motion he can't he can't be a still yeah. a still thing cuz i Mm-mm. mean the... he's got a strange face for photos yeah. like there's a there's a shot of him on IMDb for this movie, and it's just him smiling, and he does in fact look like a murderer.
1: Mm, yeah. So so
0: it's you can kind of definitely believe it, and then and then you see him in action. It's like okay, I could see why people would be into you in the early two thousands. He's definitely early two thousands hot.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely that. Yeah. He's up there with Chad Michael Murray, who's still wow, hot though. Yeah, he is. Oh, him on Riverdale. Okay, I join his <laughs> cult. That's a spoiler. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: That's fine. I was I was probably never gonna watch. It, to be fair. <laughs>
1: I mean, for our listeners more. But also, like, season three of Riverdale is such a fucking mess. I'm not spoiling much. Okay,
0: fair enough. Sort of like the ending of Lost. It's just one of those things that exists and we have to deal with it. I think all of Lost. (laughs) You take that back. The first two seasons are impeccable. If you say
1: so. Um... (laughs) Okay, what I will say about this movie, though, is the models were actually really fun. Yeah. Like, it wasn't the super catty thing that it easily could have been. Like, they're actually really lovely and mm-hmm. supportive. And, like, you know, the, from the moment she shows up, they're just, like, ready to help her out. They're like, come out with us. Come do this. Yeah. Like, you're clearly down. Like, come hang out. They're immediately like, okay, we can be best friends, even though you do a job that we don't understand. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's it's a it's a nice sort of deviation from how models are usually portrayed. And they're mm. clearly not ditzy. They're really, really smart. They've taken mm. a, they, they're have taken, they sort of taking advantage of these men who want to take advantage of them, who don't actually care about them. They're yeah. just like, really superficial. And so they've worked the system yeah. for their advantage.
1: Yeah, and they're pretty realistic about it. They're like, no, we know like in a couple years like, we'll have to retire or something, so I'd like to have a relationship by then, but obviously now like we're just going to have fun. You know, they've thought it through. Yeah, no, they're very, very cool.
0: The Great Dane was adorable. I enjoyed that. I'm not usually a, him. A, a big dog fan, but the fact as well that it's, he's called Hamlet is a really funny joke. Perfect. I think they wasted that's all of funny. their comedy on that. Yeah,
1: the, li- <laughs> the writers had one great joke and that was it.
0: Yeah, I would say everyone's performances are really good in this. Like, I really enjoyed all of the acting all the way through.
1: As good as they can be.
0: <laughs> as good as they can be. I really enjoyed the lesbian best friend. I thought she was, she kind of stole the show from Yeah, me. She, was she was great amazing. in every scene she was in. The old ladies, I feel like, while just really gimmicky, they were kind of fun. I would love
1: if my job every day I just got to talk to like three sassy old ladies while working on (laughs) painting
0: like that's a party that one bit I did laugh at that one bit where the old lady was like enough everyone shut up and listen to me all of you young and old gay and straight I'm gonna have red beans for dinner (laughs) I was dying at that bit I thought that was she was super cute (laughs) <laughs> and the one, like, me, like, I don't care about him! Amanda, if you don't sort this out, you'll never have a good relationship for the rest of your life. You'll end up a pathetic, lonely old woman who makes her co-workers watch videos of her cat's lame-ass birthday parties. <laughs> I
1: was like, oh, it's me!
0: <laughs> yeah, and I love the, the offense that like, the, the other lady took where she was just like, You say what you want about me, tramp, but don't you go badmuffin' day cat! <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's literally gonna be me in like ten, five years.
0: A year. Yeah, now. Uh, okay, yeah, five years. <laughs> but overall, I mean, it was a, it was all right. It's. I'm not gonna. Yeah. It was the worst rom com movie I've ever seen, but I'm <laughs> saying that it is a rom com movie.
1: <laughs> it was the worst movie of this genre i've ever seen but let's not sell it
0: short <laughs> <laughs> you're not watching rom-coms to like feel an emotional connection that's really. literally the, the only, only reason you watch
1: rom-coms is to feel
0: emotions <laughs> am i not watching them for the right thing have i missed the point of a rom-com Why are
1: you watching them for tips <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that was one of the funniest things <laughs> That was one of the funniest jokes (laughs) I've ever had. That was such brilliant timing. Oh, holy shit! Oh my god, Simone, that was that was superb. What
1: for tips?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was amazing. I don't know. I'm not watching it for the for the emotions. I'm watching it for the comedy more than the romance.
1: True. I mean, because nobody nobody who's been in like a halfway decent relationship thinks that those are accurate portrayals of like relationships or romance oh,
0: no no! if you're going to disney or you're going to rom-coms to find out love advice you are looking Mm-mm. in the wrong places no
1: no no because when you're in a long-term relationship you know it's fucking romantic when they wash the dishes
0: oh yeah oh that's what's yeah out. and now oh, oh oh i love it uh, that that has saved me so many times in relationships
1: mm, that's all it takes just dishes. like just do shit <laughs> Take out the trash.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. It's the small things. And I mean, I was talking to Samantha about this the other day and we were saying like, you know, as you grow older and like you're, you you get married at some point and you make your vows and they're sort of the general vows. And I think a good redo every 10 years or so is really important because you grow with them and you grow with that person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I vow to take the trash out every Tuesday night oh, I vow to cut my toenails when we go to bed so it doesn't scratch you. That kind of thing. Those are the true vows of a relationship, not these, like, grand gestures of love.
1: No, I don't need it. I I need (laughs) need help. (laughs) You know what would make me cry (laughs) openly, like, sob, as if Rudy did my taxes for me? I know he can't, and I'm a grown (laughs) woman, and I can handle my own shit, but I'd literally cry if I came home one day and he was like, hey, I did your taxes. Amazing. Like, yeah, just take me now. I'm ready, like...
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's going to listen to this podcast and be like, yes, I know how to do this now.
1: <laughs> you can't. My taxes are complicated. <laughs> but yeah. N- yeah. I guess you're right. Nobody goes to rom-coms for like
0: advice. No, nobody should. No one should. And I mean, the emotional connection, I get you. Like there are vast sort of really nice monologues that a lot of films mm-hmm. do that are beautiful and will make you cry. Not in this one. No, no. Like the monologue, the monologue in this one was just sad. Like I just felt really sad after I yeah, watched it. It's just like,
1: oh, I actually like you that's it
0: (laughs) yeah and like it it, it was that bit where she's like crying and it's like i don't care about him
1: i don't care about the babysitting or his eyes or the fact that he can do a zillion bully upy things on that bar
0: oh and it's like oh no shut up yeah so that made me sad but yeah so let's let's move on then i guess now that we've i mean what did you like about it i guess if, if you had to nail like it. Like I
1: said, you know, it was yeah. a bit of women supporting women, yeah. which was rare in the early 2000s. Yes. Freddie Prince Jr. is very handsome and charming, but also plays a convincing enough psychopath. Mm. And I think that was never properly explored in his
0: career. Mm. He would be a good Ted Bundy.
1: <laughs> he would, actually, hey? Ugh. I still need to watch the Ted Bundy movie. Anyway. Downloaded it today. Oh, nice. Actually, I should too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, it's a rom-com. Is it the best <laughs> rom-com you're ever going to watch? Definitely not. But if you just want to take your brain out for a bit, get a little buzzed, eat some popcorn, do a face mask, like, this is your movie because you don't have to focus
0: much on it at all. No, you're 100% right. You could actually do other work while doing this one. Mm.
1: Plus, some prime early 2000s fashion.
0: Yes, that's true. That was amazing.
1: (laughs) Back when you're... Looking like a heroin addict was exactly the look you wanted. <laughs> Perfect time.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's funny to a point, and like the background characters are really, really good. Even if the relationship between the two protagonists is not super convincing, like I could see that they would be together, but I don't see why. Like if they were already established mm-hmm. couple, and I met them, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, this makes sense. But if I was like, yeah, how did you guys get together, and then they told me the story, I'd be like, mm, not good. This is this is not hmm. good you guys.
1: Although I do kind of know a couple that met at a crime scene.
0: <gasps> well, I know it's such a cute story. That sounds romantic as.
1: Yeah, he's a detective, she's a forensic investigator. She liked his <gasps> no. car. And now they have a puppy together. That's
0: beautiful. Mm-hmm. Is that the is that the remake of Avril Levine's Skater Boy?
1: <laughs> he was a detective. <laughs> She was a forensic anthropologist PhD student.
0: (laughs) Can I make it anymore? Obvious. (laughs)
1: He had a gun.
0: (laughs) (sighs) That was so good. Uh, So what's your scene that could have saved it?
1: Good Lord. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Jesus would save it.
1: So, okay. So the title is clearly a pun, right? Like, it's both head over heels in love, but also, like, because the main character tries to be very like intellectual and she's all up in her head when she needs to just like chill out and let herself fall head over heels in love oh i didn't get it so and also head over heels heels like the shoes so she's more practical and not as fashion oriented right i get it now it's painful to even explain
0: but clearly i (laughs) needed it for some reason thank you i appreciate that so
1: like I just wish more of the thing had been because she clearly has a lot of relationship issues to get over and she doesn't get over them so much as she just really likes this one. (laughs) And it would have been nice to see more of like an arc where she realizes that like you can't analyze everything and expect it to work out. Like sometimes with relationships, you have to be vulnerable and you have to like, you know, give a little more than you get. Or, you know, you can't just predict everything. Intellectually. <laughs> yeah. And maybe realizing that and realizing that she's been resisting love all this time and she just needs to let go. You know, the usual trope that they have in these, like with the proposal. Yeah. Or any rom-com
0: involving a career woman. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's sort of like women shouldn't have careers because reasons because they're women i guess
1: yeah and it's funny how the male protagonists never have to choose between loving their career or loving a woman but the female ones always do
0: no well as we discussed in our last podcast men can have it all women need to choose
1: yeah you gotta decide ladies But yeah, and also just get rid of the whole money laundering plot. It was so dumb.
0: Right? It was so dumb. I didn't care. No, agreed. They had some really fun
1: characters to work with, and then they had to sort of shove them to the side and not really play around with them or develop them as much
0: because they were following Mm. this
1: lame murder plot.
0: Yeah, and you had to, like, redo the whole thing and, like, r- like, come to an unsatisfying conclusion just so you could finish off the, the murder plot. Exactly. It was just worthless.
1: Yeah, all of it. What's your scene that could have saved it?
0: Right, I'm going to take you on a wild ride now. Okay. So, we're keeping everything the same.
1: Okay.
0: But what we're doing is we're making her interested in her lesbian best friend from work okay so there's a bit in the beginning where there's like a hint that they might be into each other there's mm-hmm. like a like a there's like a weird side glance mm-hmm. right in the beginning oh, when they're yeah, first yeah. talking okay. sure, and sure. like she says something so that happens mm-hmm. then sort of they spend a lot more time together while this main plot is all going on and like she sort of has feelings for him and then she realizes actually wait no I love my best friend. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. She's been caring the whole time. Mm-hmm. She hasn't been pushy. Mm-hmm. And I love her and this is a beautiful lesbian rom-com. And then
1: they put him away for being a murderer.
0: Yes, yes. Like they can actually make him a murderer in this situation, which is very believable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's my I that's my liked take. That.
1: I think it could have been the beautiful lesbian dark comedy that the early 2000s sorely needed. Exactly.
0: And I think they would have made a really cute couple.
1: Yeah. Oh, I kind of love that.
0: Yeah, right? I thought that's, initially, I thought that's where it was going when, like, they had that look in the beginning, and then I was like, wait, no, this is early 2000s, it would never happen. No, they wouldn't dare. (laughs) (laughs) So, the million dollar question, would you watch it again?
1: No. (laughs) There are a lot of other really good rom-coms out there that I'd rather waste my time on. Yeah. Yeah, just off the top of my head, uh, Bridget Jones' Diary, classic. Mm. Um, Friends with Benefits, classic. Ooh, what else do I like?
0: Uh, I would I'll e- watch
1: The Proposal again, actually. That's yeah. a fall
0: movie. Yeah. Any, really good actually, to to any that,
1: romantic think. comedy with Ryan Reynolds.
0: Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Love, actually.
1: Oh, obviously, that goes without saying. That's a Christmas movie. I watch it every Christmas. Mm. I am excited yeah. to do another round of Christmas romance
0: movies come this holiday season, though. Me, too. Um, so, yeah, I have to agree with you, Simone, on this one. I would not watch it again. Like you say, there's a thousand and one better movies to watch, and it was just really difficult to find find this one yeah this one was hard to find (laughs) and not worth the search no the effort effort to enjoyment ratio is way off yeah and so so it's gonna be a no from me hey bro well
1: there you have it and that's head over heels
0: there you have it thank you for doing that thank you for bringing it to my attention i'm glad this movie got spoken about again because i'm pretty sure it hasn't been (laughs) since 2002 (laughs) you're probably right
1: should introduce myself um i'm corin black a humble half-demon and folks around Baltimore call me the devil's runt. Here we go, finally moving again.
0: How do you feel about methamphetamines? You know, devil's blood don't make you a devil. Under the Shroud. Fantasy, noir, and horror from Baltimore's sin soaked streets. Find creator Ian Humphrey on Twitter at fictional Ian. Hey Simone, you're a huge nerd, aren't you?
1: I guess I am. I'd like to think so.
0: So what if I told you there was a place, right? Now, Mm -hmm. just expand your mind. Now, we're in the 21st century, things are crazy, Mm -hmm. there's this magical thing called the internet, right? Oh! What if I told you there's a place on this magical web, this worldwide web, (laughs) where you can get all the things you love about the nerdy pop culture stuff that you enjoy the most, in sort of a box. One could call it a crate, even. Oh! Uh, And all you have to do is, in exchange for money, uh, you give them money, and they send you a box of all your favorite pop culture stuff every month. What would you say to that?
1: You mean that I don't have to go and shop for individual memorabilia items and
0: waste my whole weekend? Not at all. They will do this for you. This company, this magical place that creates this crate of loot, a loot crate even, (laughs) uh, will package all the items for you and send them to your door in exchange for money. How magical is that? That sounds too magical. And what if I added to the deal? What if I were a proper salesman and I said to you, if you entered a special code, you could get 15% off on any of these loot loot crates that you so wished.
1: Well, I'd have to know what this code is.
0: Right? So this is not just for you. This is not just a secret between you and me. This is for our listeners as well. If you go to loot crate following the link in all of our show notes on any episode and type in the code robots radio, you'll get 15% off any of your purchases, 50% off all your loot crates. All you have to do is go to the code in our show notes, enter the code robots radio, and you'll get that 15% off.
1: That sounds amazing. Guys, why don't you click that link right now so that they know we sent you?
0: So guys, go to that link, enter that code. Thank you. Goodbye
1: we love you bye okay so
0: so shall we talk about rumor has it
1: tell me all about rumor has it chad because i've got feelings
0: i'm so excited to hear your feelings because i yeah i'm not gonna give it away but low-key this is such a great film in my mind sure (laughs) right here we go the film centers around sarah hunting Hunting her name is so hard to say The film centres around Sarah Huttinger, played by Jennifer Aniston, and her family, who come from Pasadena, California. Following the book The Graduate, which was later turned into a film by the same name, it has long been rumoured that the family portrayed in The Graduate is actually from Pasadena, and so it has been a long-standing thing, for lack of a better word, that one of these well-to-do families is actually the Robinsons. Now, Sarah lives in New York and works as a journalist. She hates her job because all she covers is obituaries. She is engaged to Jeff, played by Mark Ruffalo, who is the sweetest guy ever and a lawyer. Sarah and Jeff are heading off to after Pasadena for her sister's wedding. The sister's name is Annie and she is played by Mina Severa. Sever- Suvari. That's better. Sarah doesn't get along with her family that well because, as she says, she doesn't look anything like them, doesn't like the things they like, and she doesn't like the things they do, and she never really fit in well with them. So she's really nervous about the whole thing, plus this is the first time she's introducing Jeff to her family. She also doesn't want to tell the family she's engaged to Jeff because, so she alleges, she doesn't want to steal Annie's thunder. Truth is, she's getting cold feet. Because she's tired of her super mundane life, she just wants more, and she doesn't feel like the life with Jeff will give her that. At the wedding, we meet Catherine Richelieu, played by Shirley MacLaine. MacLaine. She is Sarah's grandmother and is pretty much the coolest part of this whole movie. Sarah tells Grandma Catherine about her doubts over the nuptials, and Catherine tells her about the fact that Sarah's mother ran away a week before the wedding and that she ran away to Carbo. Sarah didn't know this about her mother. Also, Sarah's mother unfortunately died when she was just nine. So Sarah doesn't know an awful lot about her anyway. Sarah goes to start do some more digging and discovers that before her father, played by Richard Jenkins, there was only one other man in Sarah's mother's life. Beau Burrows, played by heartthrob Kevin Costner. <laughs> It turns out, though, that the author of The Graduate was also a member of the class that Sarah's mother and Beau Burrows were part of. She then realizes that her family is, in fact, the family from The Graduate, and that both Sarah's mother and Grandma Catherine had slept with Beau Burroughs. It turns out—it also turns out that Sarah's mother ran away to Carbo with Beau the week before the wedding, and so Sarah may, in fact, be Beau's child, and not biologically related to the rest of the family, which would explain a lot of the disparities. Sarah hunts down Beau and meets him, to talk, uh, and meets him at a talk he is giving. She confronts him and he tells her that it's impossible that she's his child because she, he suffered an accident which caused him to be sterile. Shenanigans ensue. They sleep together multiple times and then, as rightfully so, Jeff finds out and dumps her. The movie kind of takes a weird turn from there. Nothing really happens until Sarah gets back from her ridiculous romp and with the now ancient Beau <laughs> and tells Annie all about it. She also discusses things with her father, who, it turns out, knew pretty much everything the whole time. And because she loved Sarah's mother so much, he forgave her and they had a really happy marriage. She then goes back to New York to confront Jeff and- If we have forgive. a daughter, Beau doesn't Heath come within a thousand her, so miles he of her. The end. Okay.
1: Before we jump right in,
0: <laughs> what's your- what's your clip hanger? It has to be anything said by the grandmother
1: so how's the journalistic career well it's uh you know i still pick up the paper every day just to read your obituaries i'm so thrilled i'm not in it yet
0: oh she's a she is a boss ass bitch she is flawless in this movie i love her more than Mm -hmm. anything else like she is the reason why you watch this movie more than anything else her yeah. lines are great. She's just so sassy, and she's so in control oh. of everything. She's just and honest. sexy. She's a yeah. sexy older woman. Oh yeah, you could see why she's like the yeah. the idea of the graduate came from her. Yeah, Mrs. Like, Robinson. Yeah, she's definitely the Miss Robinson. So I wanted to ask you, as a female human with affinity uh-huh. towards men. Uh huh. If you had to choose, would you choose between Kurt Russell or Mark <laughs> Ruffalo?
1: And especially, like, this is Mark Ruffalo in his rom-com prime. Right? This is 13 going on 30 Mark Ruffalo. Right? Like, <laughs> he... I can't explain it, because objectively, is he that handsome? No. But is he a sexy, sexy man? Yes.
0: yes. It, like, his bit Like, his face doesn't work individually. Like, you look at his face, uh-uh. but, like, together... Damn. The sum
1: of his parts, yeah.
0: Yeah, but on the other hand, Kurt Russell... Kevin Costner. Sorry, Kevin Car- Kevin Costner. Yeah, thoughts on him being a sexy heartthrob?
1: I mean, so obviously I had a crush on, Kev- on Kevin Costner when I was younger because I watched that Robin Hood movie that he was in, that terrible, oh, terrible right. Robin Hood movie. <laughs> was a big part of my childhood. But uh, <laughs> he's got kind of, you know, and at some point in the movie you find out that like his character met Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. And they've got similar faces. Like they both have asshole faces. Right.
0: Yeah, I can get behind that. They
1: have punchable yeah. faces. And Definitely. I don't like faces like that. I don't like guys that look <laughs> like they're gonna manipulate me.
0: Yeah. And you know I mean clearly he is a manipulator He's so manipulative. from this movie like the fact like essentially like there's that bit where she's like do I even have a choice when he's like taking her yeah, like, on so a trip. Yeah, it's so creepy. Like that is not safe. That is a proper red flag.
1: It's it's so predatory. Like his behavior towards her is so predatory. Yeah. It's honestly disgusting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um I did like the dynamic like I, I think Jennifer Aniston in this like her character is really problematic. Like, she's not a good human being. She's a really shitty human being. But I loved her dynamic between her and Mark Ruffalo in this. Like, they had a really... Like, I could see them actually being a real couple in real life.
1: Yeah. No, they had really nice chemistry, and I think it was really realistic. Like, oh my god, Mm. the scene where they try to have sex in the airplane bathroom. Yes. I
0: (laughs) was finished.
1: Because I was like, this is it. Like, this is the most (laughs) realistic... Attempted a sex scene I have ever (laughs) seen in my life.
0: Right? Because those bathrooms are not big. I don't understand how anyone has joined the Mile High Club. Like... That cannot be an enjoyable experience.
1: <laughs> and like neither of them are super into it, but they're both trying to make it work and it just makes it worse. <laughs> and then like halfway through she has a meltdown about her sister and he like is so yeah. charming, he comforts her so well. And I was like, This is the most realistic
0: relationship thing I've ever seen. Right. And like he also calls her out on her shit on his yeah. uh, on her shit. Like he's just like, This is how you get when you go to your family. Like and mm. then she's like, Yeah, you're right. And that's so nice to see. He's not just like, oh, it'll all be fine. Like, he really does call her out on it. Yeah.
1: He loves her. I I, I think, you know, I think those two had really, really good chemistry. And you know what? A lot about this movie is really weird. I spent a lot of time going, what the fuck? (laughs) But I think a lot of us can relate to that weird point in your 20s right now where everybody's (laughs) getting married and you're like, am I where I should be? I feel like I haven't achieved enough. Am I actually happy with where I am? I don't feel like I fit in anywhere. I don't feel like my life is following the path it's supposed to follow. We've all been in that dark place.
0: Oh, sister preach. Sister preach.
1: Oh, girl. (laughs) (laughs) You know. And then, I mean, you and I have been in that dark place, but we just started a podcast instead of having an affair with the man who we thought was our father.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which is is probably the healthier thing to do, I would say. (laughs)
1: We'll find out, won't we?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, he is charming. There is a certain Bond sort of aspect to him with all the money and the plane. Yeah, it's a
1: very all-American... Yeah,
0: which is lovely. And, like, the bar scene where they go drinking and stuff. Like, alcohol is never a good thing. I mean, we speak of We drink mm-hmm. quite a lot for this podcast and outside of this podcast. But we, we both know that alcohol usually l- ends badly. Yeah, it does.
1: <laughs> Look... <laughs> Yeah, and well, I don't know. He was so predatory and mm. gross. I was like, "Girl, don't drink around yeah. him. Like, just keep your head on yeah. right."
0: And and I mean, look, he's clearly. I mean, he's made his millions from being a talker, so he's just doing what he does best. And and it's 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 just. I think it's a good warning for for all women to not trust mm. rich guys, because because that's what they do. <laughs>
1: Just don't trust rich men, ladies. If you take
0: away nothing else from this podcast, don't trust rich men. Trust poor men like me.
1: Okay, I've only seen parts of The Graduate, but there's the scene at the end. Where obviously at the end of The Graduate, you know, he crashes her wedding and they run off together and they get on the back of a bus. And then mm. Simon and Garfunkel starts playing the yeah. um, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. And then it's just this really long shot of them sort of yes. staring awkwardly into the middle distance. And basically the whole point of that scene is that actually now that they're together and there's nothing keeping them apart, yes.
0: they don't know what the fuck to do. And and I think that's an, another super hyper, hyper realistic thing of what happens after the credits roll, mm. you know, like it can't all yeah, be exciting. exactly. Like, you can't live at 110% all the time, like it doesn't work like that.
1: Which was a really nice message that this movie had, which was, you know, you're going to be with this person forever, like it can be an adventure, yeah. but that doesn't mean it's going to be good. Like you actually just want to be with someone who like understands you and who's like your best friend and who makes like the really mundane everyday activities really
0: fun to do. Exactly. Because that's that's it. It is Like he says, you know, otherwise your life is just a bunch of Tuesdays strung together. But that is what life is about. Yeah. Sometimes you have Saturdays, which yeah. are really fun. But. But life is just a bunch of str- Tuesdays strung together, and it's about finding that person yeah. who makes yeah. every Tuesday more bearable. Yeah, and that's that's so important. No,
1: that's very true. But I think this movie does a disservice by calling itself a rom-com when mm-hmm. it's really
0: more of a drama. Yes, definitely more of a drama. I mean, there are funny bits in it, but it is like yeah. it feels like a soap opera drama. Like the fact that he slept with three generations of the same family is very very bold and the beautiful. Could you imagine?
1: I cannot imagine sleeping with anyone my mother slept with. Never mind my grandmother. Right?
0: That can't be like no. No, 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 no. Like, even even if you're drunk, you wouldn't be like,
1: maybe. No,
0: it's just a big no. It's a it's it's a straight up no.
1: And like, not Kevin Costner. (laughs) If it were like, okay, listen, if my mom had banged Idris Elba.
0: Different vibe, maybe. It's very different. Right? It's very
1: different. your mother had banged Idris Elba, you'd still be like mm.
0: <laughs> Yeah. It's it's I mean it's it's gonna take me longer <laughs> to say no. I would still say no, but it would definitely yeah, take me a lot really, longer. I'd think about it for a beat. Yeah. So so but yeah, not Kevin Cosner. <laughs> I think he was the wrong choice of slightly older man for this. Yeah. Clearly they didn't. They weren't able to get George Clooney or... Oh, like, yeah. George been, Clooney. I think I would have been more on George Clooney's side, though, if it had been him. Like, that's the issue with this. <laughs> that's true. Like, that's why they had to get... <laughs> that's
1: true. If been George Clooney. I would have been like, of course Jennifer Aniston's gonna
0: sleep with him. He's Look gorgeous. at him. Yeah, he's the, the silver fox. He invented the term silver fox. He did. Goddamn, goddamn, goddamn. So, I mean, what did you enjoy about it, apart from, like, its central message that life isn't always exciting?
1: Um, like I said, I think it was probably, you know, really realistic Mm. about relationships. And Jennifer Aniston's performance was actually really,
0: really good. Like, she
1: did a good job of portraying someone who's really confused. And even her sister, the actress who played her sister, also did a good job of, like, this person who's generally positive and, like, generally happy with it, but, like, questioning. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, you're so right. And I think that's the thing, like, Mm. when you get actors of this caliber together to do a silly rom-com, you're gonna have something that's pretty golden, you know? Like, if you think about it, like, the only other movie that sort of springs to mind that would be comparable is intolerable cruelty which had our boy George Clooney and Catherine Zeta-Jones in it and I mean those two are stupendous actresses and actors mm. and their di- their dynamic was amazing but the movie itself is terrible yeah and it's the same as this like the performances are all great everyone is emotionally sound the the feelings you get from this movie are great and everything but th- it just it doesn't make sense like none of it makes sense no no
1: no it, I, you, you spend a lot of the movie being like wait but, but
0: why but wait. <laughs> but okay, okay. Next scene, I guess. Let's let's bring back G- Grandma Catherine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what scene could have saved it for you?
1: <sighs> I don't know, to be honest. Like for what it was, <laughs> I think all the scenes were in the right place and needed to be there. I was just uncomfortable with the general dialogue <laughs> and.
0: Kevin Costner. You know what?
1: I think it is that, like, I watched Waterworld and I heard about Kevin Costner's behavior in Waterworld and I've been against it ever since. I
0: don't blame you. He's such a bad human being.
1: Like, I know he's kind of an asshole and I really can't tolerate people who are such dicks. Yeah. So, I really struggled to understand the attraction to him. No,
0: there is no attraction to him. He's just a shitty dude. And, like, Mm. it's about personality, too. Like, looks are important, but, you know, no, absolutely fucking not. (sighs) Mm. Yeah, I agreed. I agree with you tough times.
1: I just yeah, maybe someone else being cast would have been better. Yeah. There are a lot of people that I yeah, you know, they didn't even have to cast a super sexy actor, but
0: but not Kevin Costner. I could
1: have even understood like maybe Woody
0: Harrelson Ooh, would have been interesting. interesting. Wouldn't he have been good? I think he would have done a good job especially like yeah because he has a lot of intensity yeah, to like him. watching him in um three billboards outside ebbing missouri he's actually quite attractive in that oh really and i could see that i could i could get behind him being that. and in
1: true detective like he's a scumbag in yeah. true detective but like you yeah, get
0: it yeah agreed yeah good choice good movie choice there good good acting hmm. good choice.
1: and what's your scene that could have saved it
0: i think that there should have been either a bigger Revelation from Jennifer Aniston, or worse con- consequences. Mm. She is such a shitty human being, and I know I understand mm. the concept that love conquers all, and that Mark Ruffalo's character really loves her, and they want to make it work, even though she's been super yeah. shitty. Like, even if she hadn't slept with him, like. She is just she was just being really shitty and cold feet and all oh, I want more from my life yeah and like understood understandable like we all want more from our lives but if you like if you get along with someone so well like you do with Mark Ruffalo's character, what are you doing? what are you doing? yeah and so I would have loved to see either Mark Ruffalo being like okay, well, what you did was unacceptable, and I can't forgive you for that. Let's go back to being friends. I'm happy to be friends with you, but I can never date you again because you betrayed me. Mm-hmm. You betrayed us. Or her coming to the point where she's like, wow, I'm a terrible human being. I need to change, and only once I've changed will it be better for me to go back to Mark Ruffalo and be like, yeah, listen, I fucked yeah. up. I'm, I've am i changed.
1: I can see that. So
0: And yeah, that's it. I don't know.
1: I think yeah. relationships are complicated, and I think, like, a lot of movies paint it like the moment someone cheats like it's over whereas like you know Mm -hmm. with a lot of relationships like it's complex and there are layers and like i'm not saying that what she did was okay i'm not saying that like obviously mark ruffler should have forgiven her i'm just saying like it happens more often than we think where couples are like okay like maybe Mm. there's an issue in the relationship or maybe there's this like let's work towards fixing it but yes i don't think that he should have accepted her back unconditionally i think maybe you should have been like let's go to couples therapy like i'm still really hurt like (laughs) this sucks clearly you're going through some shit like let's you know put off the engagement for a bit
0: yeah yeah exactly like you know work through your problems like because it just feels like they're immediately just gonna be fine again no
1: i I get your point
0: which they shouldn't be they shouldn't be it's it's hard work to get over something like that yeah and it would have been nice, like sort of following graduate fashion to like have them at the end, like go up into the apartment. And then he's just like kind of mentally freaking out yeah. about this whole thing because she still cheated <laughs> on him. And Simon like... and
1: Garfunkel starts playing.
0: <laughs> yes! <laughs> definitely that would have been so good so then would you watch it again
1: i don't think so but here's the thing i recommend people watch it i just want not watch it again because i feel like i got everything i was going to get out of it the first time like it's interesting okay. and it's a cool look at relationships okay. and romance and what that means and like expectations through life and stuff but like mm. it's too preachy for me to watch again like if i'm having a rom-com night i don't <laughs> i don't want that much judgment <laughs> You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I don't want to learn anything from a
0: rom-com. I kind of get you. I kind of get where you're coming from. Yeah. No, you just want to go at the end and be like, oh.
1: Oh, look at these beautiful people making out. Perfect. That's what I want. This this was too real. It was not, I think, a rom-com. I think it was a drama.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. And would you watch it again? Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I've got to disagree with you. I would definitely watch it again. I love this film. I I low-key love this film. It's fun, and the grandmother makes me so very happy.
1: Oh, the grandmother is perfect.
0: And I would just watch it for her more than anything. I mean, I wouldn't...
1: Do you know where you recognize her
0: from? Where do I recognize her from?
1: Valentine's Day.
0: No, of course! (gasps) Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I hated her in Valentine's Day, but I love her in this. It's very conflict. <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i think I, I wouldn't go out and be like buy this dvd and then like watch it i would definitely like if it was on tv i would check it chuck it on like even if there was other things on i'd just be like oh yeah let's let's chuck on rumor has it what a fun movie i love mark ruffalo yeah. before he was like avengers famous <laughs> and yeah Fair so so that's where i would stand on that so that one's a bit more divisive between us head over heels not so much <sighs> divisive you know.
1: <laughs> I feel like you're a lot more forgiving of movies than I am cuz usually I'm like no.
0: Yeah, that's that's very true. I think yeah, I'll, I'll always give a movie a second chance unless it's unless it's fighting.
1: But I will watch The Princess Bride for the 10th time.
0: <laughs> Princess Bride is the best thing that's ever it's come out. It's a perfect of anything movie ever. It's beautiful and perfect and all the characters are perfect and I will not mm-hmm. hear a bad word from anyone. No. About it
1: i when i first started dating rudy i was like because he hadn't seen the princess bride and i was like to mm-hmm. date me you actually need to watch it <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: sorry no, sorry it's just a re- prerequisite i haven't actually discussed that with samantha yet we need to we need to get on that
1: yeah because if she doesn't like the princess bride like i'm sorry but that's a deal breaker because she hates love It's over.
0: yeah exactly and how could i ever like how could she ever love me the way i need her to uh-uh. what like would she have strong feelings if i was just like as you wish no, like mm-hmm. if she doesn't know, if she doesn't know the mm-hmm. reference, I mean. No, oh. no, I mean, and saying as you wish should drive her into a frenzy. Exactly. Doing taxes and saying as you wish. That Those, <laughs> are, the, those are the two things that everyone. Household
1: wants. chores and princess bride quotes are the way to any woman's heart. You've heard it here first, guys.
0: And from an actual woman, you guys. Not what a man <laughs> has told you.
1: I actually back that as dating advice.
0: Yeah, I honest. agree with you. I've got to agree with you on that.
1: <laughs> do the chores quote the princess bride feed her there you go three steps three. and she's yours
0: it's the holy trinity you guys uh-huh. take notes take notes <laughs> so simone done it again we've done it done rom, rom- romantic comedies it's over we've done it <sighs> happy days what are we doing next week
1: we are gonna do animated movies oh boy guys get ready for some childhood this nostalgia
0: boom so what film are you covering for next week
1: I'm going to do Shark's Tale, which apparently did poorly.
0: Yeah, I'm having a look now, and it's got 36% on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: I really enjoyed it, but I was the demographic when it came out.
0: That's true. I'm, I'm excited to see if it lives up to the dream and, and to the hype that it was. Mm. I mean, mm, we'll see Will Smith in action. What are you going to do? I am doing the little-known film, Chicken Little. Ever heard of it?
1: <laughs> I really liked Chicken Little. I thought it was adorable.
0: Right? I thought it was like Stuart Little, just better. And, uh, mm-hmm. But people people disagree they say it got 37% and then a 47% audience score so not so great guys not so great so it should be exciting I'm excited for next week Mm. it's not very often that we cover animated movies we cover Disney a lot but we don't cover a lot of animated stuff you're right so this should be good yeah so Simone end of the podcast what's your optimistic thing of the week my
1: optimistic thing of the week it's nice to be back home it's nice to have settled mm-hmm. back in a bit. I had a really fucking good curry last night, Nos. and there are a few things as good as like a really bomb curry on a winter evening. Uh-huh. And I'm just still basking in that. I'm just like generally, I'm really happy. I like yeah, it's it's sort of. I like my job. We've got this podcast. Like, you know, things are good for now. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's nice. It's a it's a good sort of general life. Life's going all right for 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 once.
1: But let's yeah, touch wood. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Because you know what happens. It means you've reached the top of the roller coaster where everything is safe. And now it's, it's the downslope. It's going to go down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to plateau for a while, please. That'd Thank be That would
0: be nice. That would be good. And what's
1: your optimistic thing for the week?
0: I think my optimistic thing for the week is it's sort of this podcast in a weird way. Ooh. Because the amount of time I spend discussing bad movies, I've realized yeah. that everyone loves bad movies. Yes. There's not a single person that I've spoken to who doesn't enjoy bad movies. Mm. And talking... Of people about bad movies has just been the most fun thing it's so fun. ever. I and mean, it's such a good
1: icebreaker at parties. Like, if you're like, right? oh, I do a podcast where I review bad movies. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a movie they want to talk about. It's so fun.
0: Exactly. So it's it's just, I think this podcast has just opened up such a great world of, of community. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so happy I like, that yeah. we started this. And it was such a good idea of yours. And, and I, I thank you for it.
1: Thank you. Um. Uh, thanks for going with me on this ridiculous <laughs> ride. <laughs> and thank you to our listeners who... Have supported us week after week, been willing to talk about shitty movies with us.
0: We really appreciate you guys. You guys are the best. Like genuinely, I mean, we would we, we love doing this podcast, and I mean, it keeps us together as friends. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that we wouldn't be friends if we weren't for this podcast, <laughs> but uh, you know, it definitely it definitely ensures that we 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 keep chatting to each other, and you know, but having knowing that you guys are out there and that you're listening to the podcast, just it just makes us so happy. To know that there are people out there who actually think we're funny and like us. And because of that reason, it's time to do another bit of ratings and reviews. Yay, tell me. So again, thank you guys. Thank you for your ratings and reviews. We really, really appreciate it. So this one is from Nimmo SC, uh, who gave us five stars, and we really, really appreciate it. And she says, love these two. They make me feel normal. Which I think is a really oh, kind of cute I and you. adorable thing that we've done. <laughs> uh, so she has said, "Can we do a witch theme next?" And I mean, we've really discussed our theme, and we'll have to we'll have to go on. To
1: yeah, which is next. Yeah, th- uh, after after theme. next week, we'll do a witch theme for sure.
0: There we go. There we go. Sorted for next week. Sorted. Thank you very much, Nimo Essie. Uh, yeah and thank you guys please do keep rating us and giving us reviews and things even if it's just to see what you want to see and hear uh, us do we really really appreciate it it helps us get on the top of the charts and that's exactly where we want to be so you know you can find us at uh, on Instagram and on Twitter at Fresh Tomatoes Pod- no, no, Simone is shaking her head. Do you want me to do it? This is why I don't do these things. <laughs> it's because you did them so you much You can better. find
1: us on Facebook and Instagram at Fresh Tomatoes Podcast, and on Twitter at Fresh Tomatoes MP. and you can email us at FreshTomatoesPodcast at gmail.com. See,
0: that's how it's done, Chad. That is how it's done. <laughs> and uh, on that very, very uplifting note, as we say at the end of every episode, we love we you love and you, there's and
1: nothing you can, can do about it. it. Bye! <laughs>